Apple presents events at the Apple Store. Please join me in welcoming this evening's guest moderator, creative director, and producer, Kinvara Balfour. Hello, everyone. Wow, so many people. Thank you all for coming. Um, I'll just get comfortable. My name's Kinvara Balfour, and uh, I... I'm very, very excited to be interviewing our guest tonight. I'm one of her biggest fans. I have such huge respect for what she's achieved. Um, not only today, one of a very big day for her, but in, since 2000 when she set up Net-A-Porter. Um, I'll just talk a little bit about her before she comes on stage. Natalie is a former fashion editor. She's founder and executive chairman of the Net-A-Porter Group, whose brands include luxury fashion online retailers Net-A-Porter, The Outnet, and Mr. Porter. She's the visionary who set the ground rules and she keeps changing them. Where she leads, others follow. She's won numerous awards. In addition, she's chairman of the British Fashion Council, giving much needed support to emerging and talented fashion designers all over the UK. Today, she's launched her much awaited Porter magazine to the world. I'm very, very excited to be speaking with her. Before she comes on stage, let's take a look at a little bit about the incredible initiatives she has founded. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage Natalie Massonet. Welcome. Welcome. Get yourself comfortable. Hello. Hi. Hello, Apple people. Lots of Apple people. It's fantastic. Right, I have so much to talk to you about, I don't quite know where to start. So, first of all, I know you've had a really, really busy day. Slightly. You started in Grand Central Station, launching your magazine. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Before we talk about that, I want to actually go back to where it all began. Ooh, uh, you have, you started something in 2000 that I'm not sure if you actually knew how successful it was going to be, but, but I'd love to ask you, how did it all begin? Where did this start? Because you did something before everybody else. And that must have been quite scary at the time, but look where you've come. Well, I mean, I'd love to say that I did it before anybody else, but I don't know if anyone remembers 2000 and, um, Yahoo was the prominent search engine, and um, there were quite a few businesses looking at uh, selling fashion online. I, we weren't 
the only ones. Um, as it turned out, um, we were the only ones left after the year 2000. Um, Boo.com uh, was uh, spectacularly launched at the same time. Um, there was a business called Into Fashion Girl Shop, and um, there were a few of us doing it. And at the time, I thought, that's okay, the world is a big place. Um, we'll just uh, do our own thing. Um, I think where we were different is we wanted to focus on having a cross between a magazine and a store and um, really playing to what the internet's strength is, which is the media. And, um, and so many other people came into the space really, really well funded with all these experts and, and really whiz-bangy retailers and uh, editors who were very well paid. And as it turned out, they probably spent all their money in year one thinking the opportunity was huge, but the customer base did, just didn't exist. And so we were so small and the customer base was so small that we grew together. And there was a point at which I, um, with my team, and we were like, 10 people for a long time. And this, you were based out of London? We were in London. Yay. Um, but we used American English from day one because we wanted to project this huge corporation. Um, but there were really only 10 of us. And I even answered customer care emails on the weekend. And I would sign it ZNMZ. Um, and we would always use words like we, um, just to make it sound like there were all thousands of customer care officials. Um, but we wanted to project big. And um, there was a day where we found out, okay, actually, uh, in the same way that when you run a race and you just keep looking at your feet and you run, 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 and run, 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 and you started off the race with all these people, and then you turn around and you're like, where did everybody go? And then the crazy thing was that the press all sort of decried the doomsday of selling fashion online, and it was the big... Especially luxury fashion, am yeah. I right? Everyone, they said you couldn't yeah. do it. And um, so then that scared everyone else from entering the marketplace. So we had about five years, five blissful years, where we were kind of doing our own thing, signing deals with brands, making mistakes, learning from our mistakes, um, before the competition set in. And boy, is there a lot of competition there, now. And there's a lot of competition now. I think it's interesting because probably in 2000, there was a, people still didn't understand whether people might buy something cheap on the internet, but they weren't necessarily going to fork out a lot of money on the internet. And you changed all of that. I, th I think it's a little bit like, you know, there's room for a luxury store and for a discount store in the planet. And in the end, if you create something for your target audience and you make sure that um, the product selection, the look and feel, the customer service, the packaging is all aimed at your target customer, um, then they will come. Um, and so we wanted to do something very, very special. So that's something that you've replicated from Net-A-Porter with the Outnet and then Mr. Porter, which have come in uh, various years. I should know them all. The Outnet 2009, Mr. Porter in 2011. I just want to say a couple of statistics about Net-A-Porter, about the Net-A-Porter group in total. It attracts over 9 million monthly visitors. It offers a uh, service to over 170 countries. The customer care teams speak over 20 languages, and it currently employs over 2,600 people across seven locations. That's a huge, huge deal for somebody who set up in an office with 10 people and was answering their own customer care emails, so congratulations. Tell me, how was, what was the decision process for you to go and do something like the Outnet and Mr. Porter? Was that a natural thing, or were, were people expecting that, or has it 
all made sense. I, I think if you look back at the, the brands that we've started and then when we talk about Porter Magazine today, um, the common thread is um, we thought about the customer base. Um, Net-a-Porter is a luxury fashion destination. And, but we found out on Net-a-Porter we had all these sale customers who were really loved high fashion but couldn't pay the full price. And maybe one day they would graduate to Net-a-Porter, but for today they wanted those labels and um, they couldn't pay the full price. So we created something especially for her on the outnet with amazing service, with an amazing selection, an amazing edit. And then when it came to men's, and we didn't want to just create another tab on Net-a-Porter and do a men's section on what I was going to ask. Side. I yeah. was going to ask, why, why didn't you do that? Well, no, because the men needed their own off. destination and a brand created entirely for them. And, um, and people said, why are you recreating a website and doing a separate brand? And it's like, well, no, you have to talk to your target customer in, in, in the way that they want to be talked to. Um, we have a th saying in the company, which is, don't make your customer do the hard work, do it for them. So yeah, it would have been much easier to put a tab, you know, a sale tab and a men's tab on Net-a-Porter, but it wouldn't have been true to the customer. Right, right. Well, those, those um, in addition to actually selling merchandise, you're very, very successful at um, mixing content with commerce. So we're going to talk more about Porter Magazine, which is your latest addition to the content family. But before that, in addition to the clothes you sell on Net-a-Porter, you actually have a whole editorial channel. Why is that important to you? And how does that help the business? How does that actually help shift units? Well, um, and is that what it's for or is it not? Well, no, it's, it's uh, entirely appropriate for a channel which is based around media um, to tell a story. Um, just like if you have a store, you need to invest in your shop fitting, the lighting, the scent, the carpeting, the, the team who are there. You have to play to the strengths of the store. When you log on to a desktop, when you log on to your app, when you log on to um, your iPad, your iPad um, the, the way that the media engages the potential consumer or even someone who's not even shopping, just who wants to know what the latest fashion are, is through storytelling, through content. And historically, um, I've always said the magazines have been the marketing arm to the retail industry, but the internet has allowed the two to come together. And for a consumer who's time poor, has so much choice, so many places to go, for content to shop, um, we always felt, let's give her and now him um, one destination where they can do both. And we've got you know, hundreds of thousands of people who come and shop, but we've got millions of people who come to be inspired. And we know we're good for business for our brands. We send customers to stores um, on the high street, up and down Madison Avenue, via Monte Napoleone. We're, we're good for fashion and we celebrate it. And the content is, is the way to do it. Okay, well, long may it continue because it's great. Um, I want to ask you, you were one of the first luxury e-tailers to start. How, there are obviously, as we've discussed, so many that, that came afterwards. How do you, because you do, how do you stay ahead of the curve? And that's not just the very good-looking men who come to my door and deliver clothes, which I would like to say is the best thing that ever happened. How do you, how do you stay ahead of the curve when there is so much competition? 
Well, I think um, it's about, again, making sure that we are servicing our consumer in a way that's better than anyone else. Um, whether it's Can the I just selection. Stop you? Who, who is your consumer? Do you, do you capture that in a, in a certain genre or is it everybody and anybody in your eyes? No, I mean, I, th I don't think we're trying to be all things to all people. And uh, there are enormously successful websites out there who have captured everyone, right? Um, but we're very focused on uh, the time poor, cash rich, fashion consumer, um, and the aspirational fashion consumer um, who uh, is looking for those designer labels. And, um, you know, there's room for many, many, many types of fashion stores, um, but we, we like being in, in the high fashion space. Okay, well, talking of the high fashion space takes me on to what you've launched today, Porter Magazine. That's uh, something that you've been working on for a while. It launched today globally to 60 countries? To 60 countries. 60 countries today. Before we talk about it, we're just going to take a little look at a video of, of an app that was created in advance of the launch that's genius. This is why Natalie is so genius. Natalie doesn't just launch something on its own. She launches it with such clever concepts behind it that you love everything so much more. Well, uh, I'm Take me through I'm, who, well, I'm, who I'm decided genius that. because I have the most amazing mobile team uh, who create the most incredible interactive apps. Okay, and so they so built that this up pretty us. much overnight. And that just went live uh, like 10 days ago or not, not very long ago. And we were, how many days? Five days. It was launched five days ago, and um, it was so exciting to see um, women from all over the world put themselves on the cover of Porter magazine before we even revealed who our real cover star is. So this is an app that you launched in advance of the magazine. Where, where is, is I am Porter hashtag that everyone should look at? Yeah, and it's not stopping because it's not um, stopping. I've people can just so be many. on the cover, and actually, there's been talk and amongst the editorial team that. Maybe one day we'll put one of these girls on the cover on the newsstand. I think it's, a, it's such a great idea. Um, who, um, who came up with the concept of that? You have, a, you have a big team that you work with. How far in advance do you decide something before you have to execute that? How long has this been in the running? Um, well, they turned this around very, very quickly, but we've been working on the launch of Porter for a year. And, um, you know, doing print <laughs> is something not to be underestimated. We, we obviously love the immediacy of digital, of social, um, and then but print takes a while to, to, to get going. Um, but the, the social media campaign came together very quickly just before we um, went live with the magazine. And in addition to the Iron Porter app, you're also, I see on Instagram that you're having launch parties around the world. You started with Sydney. I've We've already seen that. Sydney and Hong Kong and London and Paris and Brentwood, California. Um, things are happening. I mean, the, the, the world today is, 
is you know like this big. It's very small, and we're all joined together by a certain affinity. And um, uh, it's been amazing to see women from all over the world joining in on this. I just don't think this could have happened before, where you can be complete have a product which is completely unknown on day one, and then on day two, four and a half thousand women have engaged with it. And before we take a look at the magazine, why print? And I know that's probably a cl cliched question that everyone's asked you. You're, a, you're the queen of digital. Why print and, and why is it important for your brand? Well, I think we're in the perfect place to answer that, which is that um, if you think about Apple and what they built in terms of a digital company, a computer company, iTunes, um, you know, it's such an enormous part of our lives digitally. Um, but when they decided to um, look at uh, the store, they created a brand temple a place that um, was uh, where you feel like you're bathing in the brand, where um, it, it makes you feel proud to be part of it. Um, I would liken our print magazine um, to our temple. Um, it is a um, brick and mortar, if you like, version of our digital store. And it's um, it doesn't go away, you don't delete it. Um, it's, uh, it's timeless and you can engage with it in a very different way. Um, and, you know, we're a media company, and we would have not been truly a multimedia company without print. Okay, well, we're going to take a look at the print now and have a little sneak peek. Well, she's all you'd ever want. She's the kind I'd like to flaunt and take to dinner. She always knows her place She's got style, she's got grace She's a winner She's a lady Oh, 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 she's a lady Talking about that little lady And the lady is mine But she's never in the way Always something nice to say Congratulations. It's fantastic. I've seen it. It's fantastic. We're now going to invite Lucy Yeomans up on stage. Lucy is editor-in-chief of The Edit and Porter magazine. And she's going to come and just join the conversation with us and join us for the Q&A. Up she comes. Huge congratulations to you and your team on something that has created such a buzz I'm going to ask you a little bit, really, in general, about how you set about creating something with already such a huge... There must have been a pressure because you have such a big reputation already with what Netaporte provides that this had to be something similar and yet different. So what were the big challenges for you when you were actually conceiving something from a blank page? 
Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for coming tonight. It's, it's fantastic to be here. Um, what we really did when we were conceiving this magazine was something that I think really resonated with what Natalie did when she started the company. We listened to what women of now want. And I think that's something that's very refreshing in the publishing industry. I think sometimes it can be a real one-way conversation. And I like to think of Porter as being the magazine that has a real dialogue with women today. Um, and we started thus by asking the women what they wanted, how they loved their content served up. Um, and we were able to do that because Net-A-Porter has such an amazing relationship with its fashion audience. So we had this incredible insight panel of 6,000 women from around the world. We asked them what they felt about print. We asked them what they loved about it. What if they were there was a magazine, a new magazine today, what they would want from it. And so every single decision that we've made from how we distribute it, how we approach every story starts from what she wants. And the great thing was that she said, thankfully for me, that she still loves print magazines. Um, but she also said what she'd like from them. They, she wanted there to be much more of a sense of um, listening to her, her needs, helping her get dressed, um, really putting a service into print magazines. So we really started listening to the woman of now. And I think, um, I'm not sure if you remember the cover line, she's an incredible woman. But when we put that on the cover, when we put a celebration of incredible women on the cover, it wasn't just for the women in the magazine, it was celebrating great women of the world today who Porter is ultimately for. Okay, yes, the, she's an incredible woman. I've seen more of my friends' Instagram posts. Everyone like, she's incredible, she's incredible. <laughs> You're definitely incredible, you guys. Um, how did you set about choosing who you wanted to work with? Because when, you've, when you're actually bringing something into what is already quite a competitive market, I'm sure that everyone will say yes to you, photographers, models, designers. I must add, by the way, that the, the designers and everything credited in the magazine, it's not just what's available in Net-A-Porter. That's a valid point to make. This is, an actual, this is sort of an autonomous publication, am I right? This isn't just, it's not just a sales tool for Manetta-Porte, and that's what's interesting about it. How did you choose who you wanted to work with? I know both of you, you were fashion editor in the time. Lucy was editor of Harper's Bazaar UK, was worked at Vogue before that for only one morning, before she was then poached by Harper's Bazaar, worked at Tatler before that. We, you we were baby were editors together, by the okay. way. We were in okay. Tatler magazine You were there together. too. I was actually so there don't too. <laughs> don't forget that. I was there. And Lucy the next was thing you know, you're on stage at Apple. I know. Hooray. <laughs> Lucy was going to take me up to Vogue to be her features assistant, but she was poached after a morning by Harper's Bazaar. And I uh, joined her on various different things after that. But I was just going to say, how did you choose who you want to work with? Because it's you could work with anybody at some point, and I'm sure that other people maybe are nervous of something in the very beginning. I mean, I'm sure they trust you, but there might, might have been some challenges there. Um, or did everybody say yes? Giselle, of course. <laughs> no, I think what was interesting was, obviously, there are amazing, there were amazing talents at, at Net-A-Porter already. So we really harnessed all the incredible talent, both from technical expertise through, I mean, the, it, it's an incredible company full of incredible people. I've got to stop using the word incredible. <laughs> <laughs> it's catching. She'll, you, she'll <laughs> use a different word with the next cover line. Yeah, next cover I'll, line, I'll next another line. app. <laughs> next I Am Porter app can, can be something different. <laughs> but, but we also um, obviously reached out to people. And I would say um, 
you know, we've assembled the editorial team, some of who are here tonight, I think, second row. <laughs> um, we cho we, we're working with people who worked on newspaper supplements, on Vogue, on Bazaar, on Al. We really took people who were, um, I would hope, you know, a lot, who were the very best in their fields, but also people who believed in the vision. And I have to say, we went out to a lot of people who said, I've got to wait and see the first issue when it came to for, you know, working for us, contributing to us, featuring in the magazine. Um, but what really gave me heart that was when we took the time and we sat with people, whether it was Innocent Venud, um, you know, two of the greatest photographers working in the world today, who believed from the word go in the vision for Porter um, and really helped set about defining and fleshing out that kind of wonderful Porter woman, um, through to the talent that appeared in it, you know, to, to Giselle, to Uma Thurman, to all our writers. So I think all the people who are in issue one are people who are sort of real believers in the vision. Well, your and, and they'll get called out for years to come. It's a little bit like um, Tamara Mellon and Anya Heinmarch, who were brands in two, June 2000 on netaporte.com. It's the early believers, and we'll God obviously never them. forget them. Yeah, exactly. Now, tell me a little bit about the launch, because you've told me that the video is in how many New York taxis? It's like... A, Seven and a half thousand taxis in New York are playing this video. That okay, you just and there are vans delivering the magazine that you've taken over my favorite magazine shop in Notting Hill with your whole... How do you do this? I really, really want to know, how do you make this happen? Because it's one thing to have the idea, it's another one to actually execute it. You don't just launch a product, you do it with panache. It's just brilliant. Well, how, it's again, how it's do you the same as the this? mobile team. It's called two and a half thousand people with passion, intelligence. Um, we are a fashion company. Uh, we're a retail company. We are a content company. We are a tech company uh, and we are a service company. And um, we come together and uh, on those three brands. And so we had very, very clever people on the distribution side, on the creative side, and everybody pulls together. It's, um, you know, if you ever visit our offices, it's um, it never stops having that feeling of a startup. Um, and even though it's a fashion business on a certain level, and it's everybody's thinking about how can we address this? How can we do something that hasn't been done before? And there's a real can-do attitude, um, which makes me so proud. And um, yeah, that's how we do it. It's um, There's probably an Apple app for it, which is like iPeople, um, and, and they all work <laughs> at the Net-A-Porte group. Bring it on, bring it on. Right, we're actually gonna open up now for audience Q&A. You're welcome to ask questions to Lucy and Natalie or one or the other, if you can just state who your question's for. Hi, um, I was wondering when you were talking about your Porter, the launch of the Porter magazine, how was it in 2000 when you launched the initial platform of NetApport? How, how has it changed? Oh, well, that's a great question. Well, first of all, um, there were five of us um, at uh, NetApporte um, when we launched in 2000. And um, we, were very, we were very lucky. Um, American Vogue uh, had written about us and called us the chicest new boutique in the world. Um, so there was a lot of anticipation coming. And then um, Daily Candy, which was really the first of its kind um, uh, fashion blog 
blog. It had about 400,000 subscribers. And Danny Levy, who was the founder of Daily Candy, sent out an email saying, there's this company, it's called Net-A-Porte, and it just went live. And then when it went live, we thought, oh my God, we're just you know swept away with business. And we were probably getting like two orders a day. And um, But we thought, oh my God, this is insane. And then the day that somebody ordered who wasn't related to us was a really big day. <laughs> and... Um, but we were just so excited that we'd invented this new thing and that people believed in it. And because we'd built this like insane packaging experience, and we had no money, you have to remember, we put everything into the experience and we tried to project really, really big. Women would come and they would buy something and then they would be blown away that it didn't come in like a jiffy bag. And, and so then they they'd tell two friends. They were blown away by the man at their door. I can tell you well, that no, We didn't have the man at the door in the early days. But the thing is, is no one ever remembers the early days. Um, and um, But we did everything we could. And it's actually something that we did with Porter is you never get an opportunity to make, uh, uh, you, you only get one opportunity to make a good first impression. So... With little money, um, we did the best that we could, and then we just improved it. And actually, if you look back to 2000 now to what we did then, you would laugh. But it was pretty special then, um, and we're still improving it, and we have still a long way to go. But yeah, it was, believe me, it wasn't the same. If you could stock one brand that you don't already have, what would it be? And also, I'd like to ask a really cheeky question. I'm coming back to London in April and I'd love to work for you. Can I have a job? <laughs> Thank you. Okay, well, um, uh, if there's one, one brand we'd like to stock, I mean, there's a f there are a few. Um, we'd love to have Chanel. Um, we'd love to have Prada. Um, we'd love to have Balenciaga. There are a few holdouts. And... Um, uh, if you would like a job, um, get you and all of your friends to write them letters every single day. Uh, uh, maybe create a Facebook page that says, um, Net-A-Porter should carry Chanel, Prada, and Balenciaga. See how many followers you can get. If you manage to get it to their attention, you've got a job. I'm going to have a go. Great. Okay, next question. Hi. Um, you guys, or you just said that when you launched Net-A-Porter, American Vogue was supportive and wrote about you. How is it now that you're starting a print magazine with other print magazines? Are they supportive of that, considering they probably send some of their... Yeah, no, I think they're, they're absolutely supportive. In fact, um, it's uh, it's a crazy, crazy day um, because we advertise in print. Um, it's a fantastic place for us to find luxury consumers. Um, you know, we're all working together to build uh, the, the fashion brands and their reputations. And, um, you know, it's... Uh, we're, we're, in a way, what we're doing is shining a big spotlight on how fantastic print is. And um, so I think we're, we're going to be very good for business. Um, French Vogue also chose the I Am Porter app as one of their top 10 digital events of, of this month. So we definitely have support there, which was great. Hi, you have a beautiful online weekly, The Edit. And how do you, so how do you see the vision and the voice for Porter differing from The Edit? And is it the same woman? I'm curious to know the strategy. There are so many similarities, I think, in the woman who reads the edit and reads Porter. But I think um, what the edit does is it, it really does bring instant gratification. We're for working... The, for those who don't know about the edit, just for, for on iTunes, can you just explain what the edit actually is? Um, the edit is our weekly magazine. We're very, very proud of it. We've just celebrated our 52nd year issue. Um, 
And it's kind of been amazing because when we first spoke about this, I sort of, I was so focused on the print and actually the edit has become sort of my other sort of great love. And it's been, it's about 30 pages every week and we're working very closely with a stock that's just arrived in Net-a-Porter that week. But um, it's 52 weeks of original content so far in its first year. We've had everyone from Kate Moss, Julianne Moore, Liv Tyler, Sarah Jessica Parker, so it's actually quite a hard act to follow <laughs> with Porter um, when you've had that level of content. Um, I think what Porter does is it broadens out. I think there's something about print magazines that has quite a sort of emotional dialogue with the reader. It's really putting fashion in content. We have 200 editorial pages um, in Porter. So there's travel, there's culture, there's people. So you're giving a much more rounded experience of, um, so that you know, there's a lot of similarities, but they also have their different kind of um, sort of focal points as well. Okay, thank you. I, I want to keep chatting forever. Can we have one more question? One more and then we will round up, but I just, I'm loving this. One more. Hi, this isn't a question, it's a comment. I just think you're amazing and you make so many awesome products and you know the site's phenomenal. You're continuously doing great things and I've been following you for years and it's awesome to finally see you speak in person. Thank here, you so here. much. Here, Thank here. you. Well, um, I agree with that. that. That kind of feedback really drives us forward. And since the day we went live in 2000 to today, I mean, there are times when like, I just don't go to sleep. I like sit there online and I listen to the, the, the customer comments and the feedback. And um, we really take everything to heart. And, um, you know, it means a lot. Thank you. Well, on that note, I'm going to thank Lucy Omens and Natalie Massonet for coming and speaking with us today. Thank you also all for coming. Thank you so much. It's been fantastic. Thank you, Kimbara. Thank, thank you. you.